Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. One common mistake is actually not having one. Like, you'd still be surprised, you know, 12 years on, about organisations that either don't have a risk assessment at all, or if they do have a risk assessment, it's very rarely updated, if ever. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine. And once again, we have Anthony Quinn from Arctic Intelligence. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Kwame. Thanks for having me back. So today we're going to talk about risk assessments. Um, I guess everybody should know what that is. Um, If you don't, then I can see there's some problems already. But I mean, you know, obviously we've seen from past events that obviously risk assessments is still a challenging sort of element for many organizations, um, whether you're large complex organizations or even if you're a small um, reporting entity. So I guess the question is in 2020, um, you know, hopefully fresh start new year, um, how can organizations meet their obligations and do a good risk assessment? That's a very good, <laughs> that's a very good question. I think, um, I mean, what, what, we've, what we've seen is that there's a, there's a lot of kind of common mistakes that people make. Um, it's, yeah, the, the, the concept of risk assessment is quite simple to understand in terms of, you know, it's a central risk-based approach. It's core to defining a program, an AML program that's really... Um, based on the fundamental risks and controls that that an organisation should have in place to mitigate and manage those those risks. But I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand the types of risks that they need to be assessing. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, they don't really understand the, you know, how to analyse those risks, you know, and and how to use data to actually look at... Um, objectively around, you know, what is the likelihood of this risk really occurring? You know, what really is the impact of these risks were this to occur? So that it doesn't become kind of a, you know, kind of a, a completely theoretical exercise, but it's based on, you know, actual data, customer data, transaction data, client data, looking at, um, you know, the products and services they offer and, and the actual characteristics of those products and services and actually how customers are interacting with those products. I think a lot of people um, make the mistake of basing it quite on just, you know, purely on qualitative or judgment-based approaches around, you know, well, I guess the likelihood, this is pretty unlikely or it's, um, but without really kind of understanding that from a data, data perspective. I think the other, I mean, the other common mistake is really actually having a sound and solid methodology that's really proven to understand um, you know, all of the risks that need to be assessed, um, looking at the, the way that they go about assessing those based on a sound methodology, um, and actually having um, good documentation around the risk decisions that are being made through the process, um, including supporting evidence that might have been gathered to form a particular view one way or one way or the other to really kind of explain and defend the risk assessment um, I think often you know once you've really understood the risk um, I think you know people may not have um, a good understanding around well so what you know I might have assessed this particular product risk as being higher so what or the channel risk of being medium so what what does it actually mean in, in practice? You know, what, what are the types of steps that organisations can start to, to do to put in you know, procedures or controls um, to mitigate and manage those, those risks? You know, practical and actionable things that can be done. 
uh, and how they can be measured uh, over time to work out whether those controls are essentially working or not. Because if you if you haven't really identified or understood your risk on one side of the ledger, it's virtually impossible to be able to create you know an effective and robust compliance program because you know all the controls that you might be putting in place might have you know zero relevance to to the risks that you're actually identifying. Well, yeah, fair enough. And I think you've touched on a bit of what my next question is going to be. Um, I guess my next question really is, you know, what are some of the, the, if you could speak, I guess, in a broad sense, common mistakes um, that you see being made when people need to do a risk assessment? I think the one common mistake is actually not having one. No. Like you'd no. still be surprised, <laughs> you know, 12 years on about organisations that either don't have a risk assessment at all or if they do have a risk assessment, it's very rarely updated, if ever, um, as things as things change. And um, is that industry specific, size specific? Uh, I think it's probably um, it's it's probably more pertinent in sort of the medium and the small s- small right. size firms, particularly in different industry sectors. I think there's a lot of um, copy paste that's gone on, where people that might have got a you know, a template from a friend in a in the industry, and they kind of copy paste an AML program, a risk assessment, just to tick the box. And then you actually look and ask questions around, you know, their particular business and their particular circumstance, um, and some of the risks that they've assessed aren't even relevant to their to their business. And I think a lot of times that this kind of comes to a head is when there's kind of a change in personnel. So you might have a, a change in the AML compliance officer, and they're they're looking at you know, there's the first port of call is like, well, let's have a look at the risk assessment. You know, when was it last done? You know, what risks were found? How were they assessed? You know, do we have controls in place or not? And then, and then, does the AML program make sense? You know, is it a work of fiction, or is it is it actually relatable to to the business? So I think that there are a lot of uh, the common mistakes, either not doing them in the first place, or or not having kind of a quality risk assessment that, that they can explain. And defend um, and a lot of this the devil is in the detail it really is you know how can you conclude that this line of business is low risk or what what factors were you know brought you to that decision um, if you're not able to clearly articulate that and explain that to you know, key stakeholders whether that's management the board you know the regulators then that's that's going to be a big problem so if I were to say to you what is your 2020 list of do's and don'ts um, yeah. when it comes to risk assessments? Uh, I'll start with the do's. Yeah, so from from a do's perspective, do one. That's <laughs> probably the first one. Um, and, and make sure that you do it based on a robust and well-thought-out methodology. So if you're not an expert in risk management, and, and let's be honest, looking at the number of sectors that are um, impacted by the, these laws and the level of maturity and the size of these businesses, it's virtually impossible for a lot of these organisations to be experts in AML risk assessment. But there's a lot of uh, guidance that's available. There's obviously tools and technology that's available, and there's a lot of um, AML practitioners in the market that have got real experience and qualifications in conducting risks for uh, organisations in different sectors. Um, and so I'd really you know, encourage people to really seek out experts if they don't have that expertise themselves. I think the other do is really engaging a broad set of stakeholders um, to raise awareness for the risks in the business. Uh, 
and actually engaging in you know a dialogue and and some of that might require gathering a lot of information like often when we um, have clients you know our risk assessment is fairly comprehensive I, I, I ask a, a whole range of different questions that many organizations just don't have at their fin- fingertips and it and and the first step really is to seek out that information so for example if you're trying to assess customer risk you know and you don't understand what proportion of your customers might be foreign or domestic peps or what what proportion of your customers might be individuals or companies or trusts or or located in geographic regions or you don't know what the kind of industry or occupation of organizations or your customers are you know how are you going to be able to do a proper enterprise view of customer risk assessment and so on so it really um, engaging a broad set of stakeholders in the in the findings um, and actually making them more quantitative than just qualitative judgment judgment based really and then the, just the third do I would say um, is really making sure that the risk assessment is not just a one-off tick the box exercise but it is an embedded um, process that sits in the fabric of the organization and organizations that do this well you know the risk function is 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 um, critical to the business and no products are ever launched without you know understanding these these things um, they're they're consulted and and engaged so I think understanding how you can embed the risk management process to have an effective change management um, program around the risk management process is, is critically important so we've done don't just now <laughs> I think we did it um, a bit of a crossover answer yeah, we did, yeah. yeah excellent yeah. well um, I guess it, it's interesting I, you know obviously seeing some of the challenges we're seeing in this sector and obviously with those do's and don'ts and, and also identifying that this sort of size as being some a factor from work, some organizations in terms of understanding how to do a risk assessment properly um, I mean, I, I guess, is there anything that you see on the horizon um, in terms of how organizations can do a better job risk assessment? I mean, obviously, I know Arctic Intelligence and the work that you guys do, but I mean, is there like a general sense of organizations looking more to organizations like yourself to sort of get this piece right? Yeah, I mean, we, we see that there's a lot of value in kind of digitizing the risk management process. So a lot of when you're trying to explain and defend a risk assessment, you know, doing that across a complex organization with lots of data inputs, lots of people inputs, you know, doing that across different spreadsheets is, is actually, you know, we don't think it's very sustainable. Um, we, we believe that by having a, a technology that sits behind it with with workflow that's flexible enough to conduct the risk assessment to document evidence, you know, to attach um, attach documents and actually generate kind of analytics, whether they're real time or historical. That that's really where we see the way the way forward. And so, our, our perspective from a risk management pers- um, vision is really twofold. So, our AML Accelerate product is really designed for you know, small, medium-sized businesses that don't necessarily have the 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 capacity or the capability to understand AML risk assessment and it's very much a guided uh, framework so it guides users through a structured process where they basically gathering and putting information about their business and the, the system generates a risk assessment based on their, the data that they put in, the methodology that sits in the tool and the controls that they that they select or add into the, into the system so it's very much guided um, we also have another platform which is designed really to be used by sophisticated institutions and professional advisors that 
are more complex in nature where they actually want to have much more control over their risk methodology so what risk factors are they considering you know are they having um, weight weighting of, of risks relative to each other do they have different methodologies how do they distribute those um, I guess risk surveys out across you know can be up to sort of a hundred different assessment units within an organization and gathering that information back um, and actually looking at you know how do we move the dial so we can move to more you know real-time risk management so the types of data that is required to be input into a risk assessment how do you get to a point where you can consume that data through you know either surveys or APIs or what have you so that you've got a much more um, frequent occurrence of the risk management process happening mm. because often the risk assessments are done you know at best on an annualized basis um, at worst you know once every three four or five years and that's really just not not sufficient enough to to keep pace with the with the change Right. So, you know, we, we've obviously addressed the, the fact that sometimes organisations haven't done a risk assessment or they haven't done one in quite some time, um, so the information is not accurate. But what examples, I guess, are there of organisations who are doing this right? I mean, I'm sure you must have come across who are sort of making some headway. What are some positive examples? Um, I mean, I mean th there's definitely a lot of um, people that are looking at the risk management process and looking at ways of improving that. And we, we have a lot of um, clients that are really early adopters of technology that are looking at you know, how can they improve the approaches that they've got in place. So there's definitely um, people that are actually looking at you know, how do we actually make this more robust in, 20, in 2020. Um, the expectations are rising all the time. So I think there's there's a lot of um, examples of uh, of organisations that do this well. I mean, my, my my background prior to setting up Arctic, I spent a long time working at Macquarie Bank, and I think, you know, as an organisation, um, my experience there is that really risk management is essentially part of the DNA. You know, it's risk within boundaries. You know, risk is is central, and it's permeated through through the organisation. And so I think the ones that have got it right are those that really have it as a, as a recognised and embedded and important function within the organisation where the risk and compliance teams have got a really strong voice and strong um, you know, reporting lines to the senior management and, and the board and actually have the ability to be able to raise any issues um, and, and have them heard. I think, I think where organisations don't have that in place that's where we start to see, you know, the problems that we see. Mm, excellent. And I guess, you know, ending note as we always do, um, a bit of advice for risk and compliance professionals. So for those risk and compliance professionals who are looking to do more frequent risk assessments and sort of get this piece right, uh, what, what advice do you have for them in terms of getting that AML risk and compliance piece right? We come and talk to us to start with. I mean, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, I guess the what we've what we've tried to do is galvanise the experience of the industry in developing the technology that we have. So we're learning as well. Like we, like a lot of the the risk factors that are being considered across different organisations can be different. Um, a lot of the controls that organisations have in place are different. So it's really actually being part of the kind of the risk management community. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that people can do. So there's there's a lot of um, courses and and certainly in the AML space you've got associations obviously like the GRC Institute but also um, professional bodies like ACAMS and they run kind of regular industry outreach programs you know every six or eight weeks there's uh, you know an event 
uh, like-minded individuals getting together, talking about you know their experiences of risk management um, and learning from from each other, and learning from you know examples of organisations that have got it right, but also organisations that have got it wrong. Um, and it's really about you know staying current um, and and uh, really you know learning and growing as a profession. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Anthony. Thanks, Corey. This podcast was a production of the Governance, Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary.